Making connections and leaving an impact while staying true to our relationship with God can be a consistent battle. The great part is we can use the word to lead us into victory. The word is there to help us be successful. We identify this for you. Welcome to The Walk, where we give you short and concise inspirational messages that are there to inspire and to lead you as you go through your walk. So here's your host, Cash Shah. So what's going on, beautiful people? Thank you so much for being on this week's episode of The Walk. Um, I'm your host, Cash Shah, and this week is an actual in- interesting episode, actually, because uh, I'm in the office of uh, Wealth Mental Gold, WMG. Uh, finished a really good training session with the CEO, Toby, uh, who's sat next to me right now. We're popping the, the super malt in the office <laughs> yep. after this, uh, with this workout. And also uh, the dark chocolate, I see you, see you munching as well, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. So uh, we also got Nathan in the house as well. Nathan, you want to say hello? I do. Good stuff. So um, this week, um, I really wanted to cover a couple of things uh, this week because I was at the office last week and I was talking to Toby uh, about the whole notion of giving and about, um, as believers, uh, how important it is to be givers and um, what the concepts are around this because it can be a bit of a, a controversial topic but for some people, how they perceive it. Uh, myself, I have my own views around it, which I will share later on. But for me personally, I think it's something that um, when we share knowledge with each other and we get an understanding of how we perceive this uh, this part of the gospel, it can um, it can basically pour into each other. So I'd love to hear what your insights are, Toby. But before we do that, let people know a little bit about yourself. Like, who are you? Uh, yes, I'm Toby Rimey. Um I am the senior leader of Light London Church. Um, and also a uh, financial market trader and business owner and uh, husband to uh, beautiful <laughs> Nicola Rimey, father to Yana, uh, Elijah, and Kaysen. Why did it take so long to remember their names? <laughs> and um, I love Jesus madly. And um, I came to know God at the age of 15. Uh, started ministry at 15 years old as well, so I've been in full-time ministry for 16 years. Um, what else can I say? You've got quite a few hats that you're wearing there, man. Right. A lot of hats, but that you you juggle it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, you're like an up-and-coming wannabe boxer too, right? I, yeah, yeah, AJ, <laughs> AJ is in trouble, Deontay is in trouble, I'm coming for them. Um, you know, you got to believe... At the end of the day, I got a dream. People laugh at it. They think I can't take them, but I think I can. Okay, cool. I don't think it's ever too late to do something. If you're, you can be in your thirties and. Okay, cool. Thirties right? prime, right? Uh, my knees say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> my knees definitely say otherwise. I was just getting changed a minute ago after that workout we had, and I was like, "Man, my left knee's starting to go a little bit." Right. So, so yeah, I, I might. I'd like to think so, but. My knees definitely would say the opposite. But, um, right. But yeah, back to what we're talking about here this week, around giving. Mm-hmm. Now, for myself, look, giving is an essential... Na- even before I became a Christian, one of the most important things about myself was that I was always a giver. Because giving, not only... I'm not even talking about through finances. Giving is something that I believe 
uh, when we find out something or when we've got better, it's important that we're able to help lift others up. Absolutely. And um, when I became a Christian, it actually become more. It became more prominent. Yeah. I think it became more um, amplified because I started to see how powerful giving is, and even not just tides, but just giving people my time, like sitting with somebody and talking to them. Like, why is it important to you? Like, let me ask you this. Like, why is giving, or how do you perceive giving? That's a better question yeah. to ask. So, you know, a lot of people right now, especially with the rise of things that are going on, like uh, American gospel, blah, 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 really angry at the prosperity message. Yeah. But see, I consider true prosperity to be how much you have to give away, not how much you actually have. Mm. I think God, when he spoke to Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you. People say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I think that's a religious statement. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's truly scriptural. Because the Bible didn't say, God said to Abraham, I'm I'm blessing you to be a blessing. Because that implies a God who uses us. Mm -hmm. But he said, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. Which means the first one is because I love you. The second one is the overflow of everything that you can't handle. That others are going to be able to enjoy and be blessed for. Bible says in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Mm -hmm. So that empowerment that comes when you are so blessed that you can be generous. You see what God had to teach Abraham was how to give when he didn't have enough. And I think God takes us through various stages before he trusts us with abundance. Mm -hmm. See wealth or money, riches or whatever is not attributed to how much money you have in your account. I know people who have a lot lot of money who are broke. Mm -hmm. People have a little bit of money and they're rich. Define that. Because wealth is really how much you give. That's wealth. You know, that's why you meet a lot of rich people who commit suicide, because they're imploding. Or you meet a lot of people who get money, and the money recognizes that they're not wealthy. You know, there's a difference between money and wealth, or what some people call money and the blessing, according to Scripture. Money can recognize that you are now operating at an illegal level of finance. Mm -hmm. And often it will return you back to the level that you truly are. Mm. Money is just a reflection of your value system. It's a reflection of who you are. You know, if I want to know what you value, I can look at your bank statement and I'll know exactly what you value most because that's all money reflects. Mm. And so God had to teach Abraham. We go through three stages, I believe, when it comes to money. God will test us. And he'll test us with not enough, that's the children of Israel in Egypt. Mm-hmm. You know, they're slaves, all they've been giving is leeks and onions, they're on benefits because the government is taking care of them and providing them with uh, hand-me-downs. Then God takes them through the wilderness and gives them just enough. That's what Deuteronomy says, I tested you with hunger to see if you would worship me. Mm-hmm. God gives you just enough and every moment, oh God, were there no graves in Egypt? Why did you bring us out here to die? He's testing where the heart is. Mm. And then God, if you fulfill this level, he'll give you more than enough. Mm. But each level is to see what you'll give. And giving isn't just money. Money's a form of, it, money's a representation. Giving is also your emotions, it's your time. Mm-hmm. But why do we deal specifically with money? Why is money such a touchy issue? Because where your treasure is, your heart is. Mm. And you know, we... People start saying the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, if you can't give it, you already love it. Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Wow. That's literally just, you just dropped some uh, some truth bombs right there. Really, really incredible. Um, is there anything you want to add right there, Nathan? You might no? need to come in front of them because the mic is on the front. Right? Yeah, the mic's on the front. You might need to come around here, brother. 
So Nathan's on the other side of the room and we're recording uh, this. As you can see, this is completely impromptu. But is there anything you wanted to add there, man? No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> look, look, look. One of the th- look, you, 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 you've got a company now called WMG Wealth Mental Gold, right? Yeah. You're talking to you now, Toby, mm-hmm. right? And you learned a skill set. Yeah. That. Um, ultimately can give people financial abundance. I've been involved in WMG for just over a month now. Yeah. And what I've got from you, obviously we haven't been, we've been conversing every now and again when I see you to train, but what I've been getting from you, um, from watching your videos, is the struggle that you've had and you've come through it. I'm learning from you, from that, you're pouring into me. Mm. But there's a price that I pay for that, right? Right. And I don't see there's anything wrong with me paying for that price because yeah. you've gone through these battles. Yeah. You've gone through these trials and tribulations. So there's no... For my me personally, when you're giving, sometimes when you're giving, there's, no, and you, there's a price to it. I think the price is worthy to pay. Right. So something of this nature, a skill set that you learn, you're not just get, giving for no reason of giving. You're giving me something where... I, you're teaching me how to fish instead yeah. of giving me a fish. Yeah. So in that sense, I think this is another key factor as well when it comes down to giving you're not just giving for the sake of giving you're giving to people and you're enabling them to become uh independent on their own and there's nothing wrong i think that's a real powerful tool to have and what you've gone ahead and created here with wmg in the trials and tribulations that you faced as a trader day trader at the beginning like the battles that you faced, Mm -hmm. like why what why did you create wmg what was the purpose behind it well I've always realized success is one thing I always wanted to achieve, especially financial success. Okay, so I've arrived to the top of a financial, my financial peak, or not my peak, I've still got height yet to go. But when you reach a certain level where you're abundant, and that means you've got money to be free, you can get everything you want. You buy everything you ever needed. Mm. And then you realize it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you realize something very key. Success isn't success without succession. Mm. If you don't have people that you've made successful around you, it gets lonely at the top. And people think, that's leadership. Leadership is lonely at the top. No, mm-hmm. that's maybe selfishness yeah. is lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. But leadership is the ability to pull other people in mm-hmm. to the journey. And again, that's what makes you rich. So actually, it's a bit selfish. I get something from training people. Mm-hmm. More than the money and more than the price they pay, I get the satisfaction of seeing what they become, the joy of seeing that success is not isolated to one person, mm-hmm. that if you can give them the principles. See, a mentor will get you in a moment what your experience will try and get you in years. You don't have to make mistakes. There's two ways to learn. Mistakes are mentors. Mm-hmm. You don't have to make mistakes. It'll be dumb to make mistakes because all the mistakes have been made already. Mm-hmm. So you can learn from a mentor. Mm-hmm. And a mentor is somebody who's made all the unnecessary mistakes, took all the unnecessary tests. It's the equivalent of you saying today, I'm going to invent toothpaste. <laughs> Someone's already made it. Go and learn what they've done and then diversify. Make yes. your own. Learn what... Um, a mentor has done get there quicker basically mm-hmm. it's working smarter mm-hmm. get there quicker and then diversify and do your own unique thing so can i ask you something your mission statement at wmg <laughs> i'm putting you on the spot here now right now yeah your mission statement can you repeat what it is 
The three prongs, secret strategies and success. Yes, your, yeah. your mission statement, what is it? Oh, the vision statement. Yes. So the vision statement of WMG is to raise a global tribe of traders and business partners who work together to share the secrets and strategies of success in the uh, in the creation of abundant wealth, significant wealth. And that's sharing, pretty much, that's giving. Yes. And just that ethos right there, that is that ooze that oozes giving. When I yes. when I first read that, I was like, man, this isn't just about you giving people things. You're you're yeah. giving them signals, for example. No, yeah. you're actually teaching them how to go ahead and do things on their yeah. own. And that's what I love about what you've created here, at WMG. Sure. You've created people who who have been involved in this business for a short period of time, but they're now being recognized as traders in their own right. Absolutely. They're learning things, but at the same time, whenever you... I see you getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to get on analysis calls. Mm-hmm. Now, why do you do that? Why do you get on to call? You're the CEO of the company. Right. You can quite easily employ other people to do these things for you. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for you to wake up at 6 in the morning? Mm-hmm. When I've seen your kid in the background as well. I've seen yeah. little Elijah in the background trying to turn on the TV a couple yeah, yeah, of times yeah. on Zoom. Why is it important for you to be getting up at that time and, and instead yeah. of employing people. Why do, you, why do you do that? Well, if you ever meet a successful person, the rudest thing you can say to them is that they were lucky. Success leaves clues. And, the cl- and success is a science. It's not luck. If it's luck, you create it. We, I like to call it favour mm. as opposed to luck. And if it's favour, you created it. Favour is when preparation meets opportunity. If you prepare well, the opportunities will come for you to be favoured. Yeah. And so the part of the success clues that you'll notice about highly successful people, Jesus Christ included, is they woke up early in the morning. I'm mm. actually up about 4.45 every morning. And they wake up early. Why do they wake up early? Because life is demanding. And the more responsibilities you have, the more demanding life becomes. Mm. And so if you learn to wake up before all your demands, you'll actually find that those are the most productive hours of your life early in the morning. Think about it. You wake up at 10 instead of 5, you've lost five hours. Mm -hmm. Five hours of productivity. And I've never seen a wealthy person who didn't respect time. Time is the currency that's given to us Mm -hmm. all. Even if we weren't all given the same socioeconomic status, we were all given time equally. And so if you don't respect time, money won't respect you. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned to wake up super early in the morning as a discipline. And what I do early in the morning is not just analysis sessions. Actually, the early morning time, I call my green time. That's time to pray, meditate, uh, uh, read books, learn uh, messages, sharpen myself. Because essentially, if there's something wrong that I'm not succeeding in, it's not life that's difficult. You know, it's like getting an axe and hacking away at a tree. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, instead of swiping 20 times, I'd rather spend, I think it was like 20 minutes sharpening the edge. Mm. Because if I sharpen the edge, I just need to swipe once. But other people are really giving it a go and giving it everything. If you're really sharp in life, you can do things very quickly mm. if you choose to learn. And so success is no accident. I use those hours before my kids wake up, before, you know, the demands happen through the day to make sure there's supply for the demand. Mm. You know, a lot of people crash and burn because their life is so demanding but there's no supply it's, it's the equivalent of seeing when I see people everybody's like a Bugatti they're really kitted out for the most amazing things everybody is built for, for success God didn't make an imperfect vessel he created us for success sin corrupted us mm-hmm. and, and it would be foolish for me if my car wasn't working if my Bugatti wasn't working to think that I can take it to just fix the paint and it will work more mm-hmm. that's what people do 
They make all these cosmetic changes that don't mean anything. But what you need to do to is go inside the car mm -hmm. to find out what's going on. Perhaps there's a problem in the engine. I find that the majority of people have a problem in the mind. Mm -hmm. And if you can build your mind in those early hours in the day, you've already given yourself the 90% you need to be successful, mm -hmm. then 10% of your life is just done with great ease. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to being a giver as well. So like mm -hmm. you're, you're at that time of the day when you're when you're getting onto these calls, you're developing this ethos within everybody else that's in in the organization. Yeah, you want to create this this these habits. Yes, uh, within the organization, exactly. with, with people. Exactly, but you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. So you have to make sure you're abundant. Otherwise, a lot of people come up bankrupt in life. Mm -hmm. You know, they come up redundant, um, essentially because they're not living it. They're not filling themselves with it first. And so it's, it's acquiring, you know, to, to be substantial in life, you've got to have three things. I think they're the most important things you've got to crave and create in your life. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Mm. Um, and wisdom being the principal thing, Proverbs 4, verse 7 mm. says. With all that, get and get understanding as well. But wisdom is like, wisdom teaches me how to do something. Wisdom, the Bible says, is skill for living. How many people are not skillful in life? Picture like a basketball player. That level of skill that Kobe used to have to, to weave and bop and duck, or that level of skill that Michael Jordan had. Imagine being skillful like that, but in life. And I actually find the majority of Christians aren't skillful in life. Mm -hmm. They actually fight skill. It's like the more wise you are, the more unsanctified you are. Like... There's something wrong with being wise. Like, you've mm -hmm. got to be stupid to trust God. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? They call it blind faith or being dumb for the Lord. Or that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. Just because God uses the foolish things to confound the wise is not a license to remain foolish. Do you know what I'm saying? Paul was somebody who God could use more than any other disciple. These were uneducated fishermen. So God has to find a lawyer to write three quarters of the New Testament. That means God can actually do quite a lot. God can actually do quite a lot with your skill. He can actually do quite a lot with your wisdom. He can actually do quite a lot. He can do a lot more with somebody who's willing to grow and keep a life that's surrendered before him at the same time. Perfect. So it's, it, it's, it all ties into giving. You know, I can't give you money if I'm not rich. Mm -hmm. You know, rich is on the inside. So God looks at Abraham and he says, Hey, Abraham, I'm going to make you... Uh, man of nations and I'm in you shall all nations here be blessed and your seed will answer your enemy at the gate and he probably blessed him like seven different times with great blessings he said I am El Shaddai walk before me and be perfect and he promised to multiply him like seven different times and then finally God says to Abraham he's waited God knows how many years I think it's over 50 years or so he's waited and finally God gives him the promise of a child Then mm -hmm. he says take the child the one you love kill him and I think that there's the test. The test is really of giving. Is God saying, can I trust you with more? Mm -hmm. And God can't trust you with more if you make an idol out of what he's given you. Mm -hmm. And so giving is all about idolatry. Who do you worship? You can't serve two masters. You can only mm -hmm. serve God or money. So God wants to know, because God will have no competition in your heart. How do you, how do you differentiate? Because it's a fine line, right? This is something that I've struggled with in the past, where... I've always tried to put God first, always. But then sometimes I'll find that I give, I have an idol towards money. But I'm always like, no, 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 God needs to be first. But how do you differentiate? How do you choose? 
I think that's why the tithe is the standard minimum, in my opinion. Which because is what, the tithe 10%? is ten percent of your income. It's a minimum, actually. People who don't believe in the tithe should definitely then get into the New Testament theology. Because in the New Testament, they didn't give a tithe. The Bible says they gave their all. So if you don't believe in tithe, you think it's all covenant, then move to the New Covenant and give everything you've got. How about that? But tithe, to me, is the standard minimum. It's, it's, it's honor. That's, see, what people think is the law. When you say tithe, you mean the very first, first uh, bit of income that you get, the first person you pay is God. Is God. That- that's it. God. It's it's not about the law. See, people go, it's about the law. And, you know, Christ has done away with the law and all this stuff. Actually, it predates the law. Because before there was ever a law, the law came in Moses. So why is Abraham tithing? And Abraham's called the father of faith. Why is Jacob tithing? He says, if you bless me, I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you a tenth of my increase. These people are tithing before the law, and yet they're called the fathers of our faith. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, it's it's it it's a, it's important that when you see people who attack the tithe message, what are they really saying? Mm-hmm. Money's an idol. Mm-hmm. What are they really saying? Money has me. Mm-hmm. And they'll say things like, "I give, I give, just not out of obligation, but I give." It's not about obligation. People get really uptight. Defensive about it. because majorly right, but if it was forty pounds for your hair. It means nothing, you yeah. know, if it's for shoes. Because, again, money is a representation of value. Why does God ask for the tithe? He wants to see value. Mm. Do you value me first? It's a way we put God first. And tithing was actually a kingdom principle. That's why democratic systems and paradigms don't understand it. Because tithing was the way that I showed to a king. If you met a king, you give him a tithe of your produce. And when you gave him a tithe of your produce, the king would consider it an insult if he could not outgive you in return. So when we give our tithe to God and he says, test me in this, that I can see if I'll open up the floodgates of heaven, what's he really saying? He's saying, listen, come and test me. Come and see if I'm not capable of outgiving you mm. in what you've given to me. Mm. People say, it's, not, it's under the law. We live by faith. Well, faith without works is dead. Mm. So what's the work of faith with regards to finance? It's giving. Mm. What's the work of faith with regards to uh, uh, seeking God? It's praying. Mm. That means there has, faith has to have an act mm. to be able to be seen. It's not just belief. There has to be work if I've got faith. Mm. And so it's, it's a big... Uh, hoo-ha in, in the new covenant that people just want to avoid it and they feel obligated and I understand it it's the offenses it's what the what some preachers have done with uh, people's money and but see as long, I always tell people your heart's pure mm-hmm. at the end of the day as long as you keep a pure heart where it's I'm giving this to God as, see when you think you're giving to a church you won't receive anything mm-hmm. but when you see it like I'm giving this to God mm-hmm. Then you see the reward of it. So I haven't. It's not been an issue where or what they do with the money. It's not my problem. I just know that this is what God told me to do, and I'm doing it out of honor to Him. That person, whatever they did with the money, they're going to be accountable to God. But my conscience before God is, I was honoring you in the midst of it. Got it. Perfect. So look, I want to keep this really short and sweet. We've covered so many interesting topics. You've dropped some really amazing truth bombs throughout this. Biblical truth bombs, which I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anything else you guys want to add, I was just going to say, what, what do you think of um, why? You might need to move closer. Your waves aren't picking up. My waves aren't picking this bit up. Go for it, man. I was just going to say, what, what do you, what do you think? Oh, why do you think Jesus compared God and mammon or money 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because God doesn't put his name beside any other God. But here he comes and he goes, you can either serve me or Mammon. Mammon was a deity known to the, the people of the day in Semitic culture. And it was the God of materialism and gluttony and, and all that. And then we read later, the love of Mammon is the root of all evil. That's the greedy desire. It deals with the greed. Mm-hmm. And so he can't said you can't serve both. Mm-hmm. See, so some people think, well, that's it, no money, forget money. But he didn't say you shouldn't have money. Mm. He just said you have to choose who you're going to serve. Mm. And the powerful thing is if you choose rightly, the other one becomes your servant. Ah. Is that what's happened to you right now? Right. Mm. (laughs) Money's become your servant. Right. So this is what we miss. If you choose rightly and you serve the Lord, then money starts to serve you. But if you choose wrongly, then you're going to be chasing... 10 different shifts till you shift yourself out the will of God mm-hmm. while you're working all your jobs serving money. Mm-hmm. And so some people go, I just don't want to serve money, I want to serve the Lord. Well, I'm in business, and let me tell you, money's serving me. I won't miss church because I got to be at my job because my boss is calling me. I don't need money. Money serves me. I knew who to honor first. Mm-hmm. And see, what's what the Bible says? Seek first the kingdom, all is righteousness, and all these things you've been chasing, they're going to chase you. Mm-hmm. They're going to seek you. So I found actually money started seeking me. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing. Like uh, you think, you know, you give to the poor. But why do wealthy people get more money than the poor? Because money's serving them, right? Because like attracts like. If, you, if you're already successful, success draws to you. Mm. And success to me, again, is being close to God. Success, true success, is being in his image. Perfect, man. That's true success. The more you see him, the more you become like him. The more you become like him, creation recognizes you and pulls towards you. But the, the less you're like him, look at Adam. He falls out of that image place with God. And the Bible says, now the ground will produce thorns. Now it will no longer obey you. But look at Jesus, second Adam. The ground tries to rebel against him. The earth comes from him and goes, I rebuke you. Mm-hmm. The, the elements speak to him. And because he's in that image... It answers him. My brother, for example, can get my iPad, my own iPad that has face recognition. He can put my iPad in his face and it will unlock because he's my twin. Imagine what unlocks to us when we're in the image of God. Mm, Wow. Imagine what opens up to us as we stare at God's face every single day. Imagine what God begins to unlock to us, the favor, the connections, the things that draw to us that we would otherwise chase. And then, even when he tests you, blesses you, the blessing becomes the next test. Wow. Because at the next level now, so we're giving, doing our tithe today, and I'm checking out my tithe, and I'm like, whoa, Nathan, do I always tithe at this level? Because when it was a small amount of money, <laughs> it didn't look great, but now you're talking like 10 grand tithes and 20 grand, and you're like, was I always given at this level? <laughs> I said, yes, yeah. and continued. But there was a real test in my heart there. Yeah. Mm. Maybe I should decrease. Maybe I should yeah. take this and rejig it. Maybe... No. Mm-hmm. See, now that's the test. The blessing can become the test. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the Bible says when it means, uh, it says some seed fell on this soil and the deceitfulness of riches. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the Bible says the word creates riches. It says wisdom, its yields are greater than gold. Mm-hmm. Yet look at this, riches can choke the word. Why? Mm-hmm. Because what created the blessing, the blessing can become God. And then the very thing that created the blessing gets choked because you make the blessing God itself. Yeah. Yeah. You started pursuing the blessing. And then you've got to watch out for things like guilt and the fear of 
you know, I think even the fear of the love of money becomes the love of money. Mm-hmm. You've got to watch out for that because that's an area the enemy will come and manipulate you. Look at you in your office, nine to five. You only prayed for one hour this morning. Who do you think you are? Then you get into this real religious legalistic place if you're not careful. But you learn how to put God first. You, like Paul said, I put my body under me. I put it in subjection. Mm-hmm. You make the choice. You know, someone says, oh, I pray that God will give me humility. He can't. The Bible doesn't say God gave Jesus humility. It says Jesus humbled himself. Mm-hmm. That means humility is a choice. It releases a grace when you make the choice and that fruit of the spirit of meekness. But you've got to make a choice that the more God lifts you, the smaller you become in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, other people, once they're lifted to these kind of levels, they start, you got to call me this, you got to say this, you got to speak to me like this. I've just learned to keep myself in a small place. Mm-hmm. Because the moment I get too big for my own eyes, pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. Keeping yourself small. Continue doing the same things you did at the start. Look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Mm-hmm. 21, 22, what's happening? It's the same number. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and then 21, 20, but it's at a new level. Yes. That means I've mm-hmm. got to keep doing the same things that I did at level 1, mm-hmm. at level 2, and at level 3. I've got to remember no matter how much God lists me, even if he lists me to 30, I've got to remember 31, 2, 3. I've got to remember the things that I did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I still have to remember. That's why the Bible says, you've forsaken me, your first love. That means no matter how, what level God lists you, don't forget the first things that you used to do. Mm. Don't forget the time you spent with your Bible. Don't mm. forget the time you spent worshipping. It changes because you do become more busy. Mm. But you've got to learn to adapt to the changes that take place really quickly and keep God in his place, which yeah. is first. Perfect. That's why I have to wake up early. Got it, man. Perfect. Well, look, let's, let's um, close this out with a very quick prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love it if you could lead the prayer. Yeah. Yeah? Before, Father, I pray for those who are listening uh, right now and those who are, are hearing us. Father, I do pray for your spirit and your grace to fall upon them. Um, and, and I pray for a precious anointing just to touch and heal bodies, even as they're listening to this podcast. Father, I pray your fire falls fresh from heaven upon them. I, I'm, I'm just seeing something in the, in, the, in the realm of the spirit, actually. It's interesting. And I, I just go with what I see. But it's, there's a, it's like a young uh, female um, listener, and I just keep seeing like almost like Mediterranean skin and uh, long uh, black hair, uh, um, quite pretty young lady that I'm just seeing in the, in the realm of the spirit. And it's as though something is just happening in the midst of you with depression and toil and deep frustration. And it's, it's like real pain in the midst of your heart that's been going on. And I'm not sure if this is something in the family, in the area of conflicts, but it's almost like you're out of it, but it's not out of you. It's just a deep 
a sense of just pain and depression. And what you, it's like you you would commit suicide, but you're too afraid of pain. That it's like that kind of story that's going on in the midst of you. Like that you're just seeing that there's no way out, but you're depressed and you're having these thoughts. Well, Father, right now I break the spirit and the power of suicide in the name of Jesus. I just command that Thank to you. come off of her in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Father, where there are those who are dealing with guilt with regards to finance and business, who don't want to move in the marketplace, though they know you've called them, but they've been wrestling with this marketplace anointing that sits on the inside of them. Father, I pray for a waking up of the calling, the gifts, the anointing. Father, I pray that there would be a visitation. They would, you would show them that there's an anointing for business. You anointed men in the Bible to do craft, to build uh, things for the ark. Father, you can you anointed Joseph for economic power to speak to kings. Father, I pray an anointing that comes upon those who hear this uh, broadcast today. I pray for family salvations. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, why don't you welcome him into your heart right now? He's the he's true wealth. He's true riches. He's the true riches of the universe. The Bible calls him the darling of heaven, Amen. the rose of Sharon. Yes. And without him, you're truly broke in your spirit, in your soul. Why don't you just welcome Jesus into your life? And, and please let us know if you've done that. Thank you so much, Apostle Toby, for actually being on this show, uh, being on this week's episode. Um, Guys, if any of you want to reach out uh, to Toby, I'll tag him into uh, into the description of this uh, this specific episode. Uh, it's been incredible. Thank you so much. I wasn't yeah. expecting what I, what I got out of this episode. Awesome. I'm just sitting here with you. It's been awesome, and also for, for you as well, Nathan. I know you've been fairly quiet in the corner over there, brother. But uh, I'm learning. Yeah. He's learning right here. We just we just li- sitting and listening. But thank you so much. Guys, if any of you want to reach out, by all means reach out. We'd love to hear your insights of what you got out of this episode. Um, Thank you so much and we'll see you on the other side. Blessings and see you all soon. Thank you so much for being on this week's episode of The Walk. Your feedback means the world to us and we'd love to know how this episode has impacted you. Feel free to connect with us on Instagram at thewalk.podcast. That is at thewalk.podcast. And we'll see you on the other side. Blessings and see you soon. Bye-bye.